You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Psalm 102. How many were here this morning? How many were not here? If you've been here long enough, you know that's not a checkup. That's just for me to encourage you, if you did miss this morning, to get that message. And also just to remind you that I build on messages and that's just the way the Lord has led me to teach for, for decades. And that is that, uh, like Pastor Gary said, line upon line, precept upon precept. I don't do just as one and done's unless the Lord specifically says so. Why? Because we're developing, we're growing. I found out that everything in life is not just doing and arriving. There's a process. There's a process. And if we understand process, then we'll commit to even the uncomfortable parts of the process, that which doesn't seem to be doing anything. But by doing it more often, it helps in the bigger picture. And so I really want to encourage you is that at this time, and of course we've done it every year, all the time, but now as we're heading off, into a year where we are expecting to see kingdom manifestations. When Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things will be added to you. That implies, the way He says it, if you're listening to how He says it, He says, why do you worry about it? In other words, the only reason people worry about something is because they're trying to figure out how to get it, how to fix it, how to get there. And Jesus says, don't worry. But then how do we, how do we figure out what to do? And that's the point. Yes, there are times to plan, but you're going to do it with the kingdom of God in mind. Seek first the kingdom. Then these other things, the way it's worded is it, it happens by default, if you want to put it that way. You seek God's kingdom, all these things are added to you. Let's say you will add them to you. These things are added to you. So that means the system, the process has been set up that if you seek the kingdom, then God backs it up with these other things happening. And it's so that you can continue to seek the kingdom. Very often when I spend time with people, I find out that a lot of people don't quite understand or maybe not be able to put their finger on what does seek the kingdom mean. So it's not just mean join every team that's available in the church, you know. Become an usher, join the band, uh, clean the building, stand outside with a signboard, go and help in the children's church. And I'm, I'm just doing, 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 doing. Now, where's everything happening? No, there's, there's again a purpose behind that. We all have a place to serve. Every one of us has a place to serve. But what's the reason for it? What's the purpose behind it? And if I can align my life with that, then you're going to start seeing kingdom results. Kingdom manifestations. And so God is training us, coaching us. What is the kingdom? What is it so that I can seek it? And that's what we're going to be spending some time on this week, is, is, this, this year, this year, is to hear from heaven what does it actually mean. And so this morning I began speaking about the divine favor of God. Because God can have something set up for you, but if you don't think you deserve it, you'll reject it. Every one of us 
will do that. If I don't think something belongs to me, I don't want it. And that could be, that's on the good side. You know, if that's not my car, I don't take it. But there again, if God's trying to get something into my life and I think I don't deserve it, there's a built-in system that will make sure we get rid of that. Our belief system will always bring us back to where we think we belong. That's why people who are stuck in poverty and destruction, you can give them five million rand and they will maybe go out and do all the things they thought they wanted to do, buy the big cars and you know, splurge on this and buy all the name brands and do whatever they want to do. But if they don't correct their belief system, it won't be long before they will pay themselves back into poverty. And probably worse. Because there's something within that mindset that says, I don't deserve this. And that's where God spoke about, Jesus spoke about the sycamine tree. That you tell that tree to be removed and cast into the sea, God will uproot that tree for you. What's the tree talking about? It's what produces the fruit. So when I see things happening in my life, around my life, that is a result of fruit out of tree systems, belief systems, that, I, that I've inherited through my, my upbringing. But now to get rid of that, I need to know what's the new tree. Take this tree out and put God's tree in. I want God's plan. And if God says I can have something, I'm going to renew my mind to it so that I can access it. And as I said this morning, everything, everything you ever want in the kingdom of God, everything is accessed by faith. You're not even saved by accident. That was the beginning. Come on, you know that. You've been in the Word long enough. You know you didn't just wake up one morning, look in the mirror and thought, oh, look at that. How did that happen? I wonder what time last night I got saved. It didn't fall on you. It has to be accessed by faith. Even going to church and trying to go through religious ritual and looking into different types of religious systems. Many people have researched. I know I was one of them. I, I knew there must be an answer out there, and I looked into all these different systems. I tried some of them. That didn't work. That didn't work. Then I built my own little belief system, a little bit of that, a little bit of that, and I built an Alanism. And so <laughs> and I just saw none of it was working because you, you're wanting the truth. And Jesus said, He is the way, the truth and the life and you have you get a hold of that and you access that by faith and you say Jesus I believe you are my Lord what happens you step into that life now that you're in that life then everything else that he has available for you is now available but again by faith Psalm 102 we talk about the divine favor of God you will arise, from the NIV version, verse 13. You will arise and have compassion on Zion. Remember, Zion is symbolic of the church. For it is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. Say, the appointed time. Now notice, it's been declared 
that Zion is the time. Now, as I said, I went into detail in the morning. I don't want to go into detail again tonight because there's something I'm getting to for tonight. Zion is the type of the church. Just renew your mind to that, but go listen to part one if you're still wondering what I said about it. Zion is a type of the church. Whenever you see Zion, put yourself in there. And God, the word of God is saying here that God wants to show compassion to you. And how does he do that? He shows you favor. He shows you favor. Everybody say favor. And so we remember we said Jesus had established that time on the cross. He first of all declared that he was anointed to bring all these things to pass. And he says, this is fulfilled in your hearing today. So now Jesus activating that prophecy in Isaiah. And then on the cross, he says, it is finished. It's not like you get healed today. You were healed on that cross before you were born. See, that's why we can understand that it's easier to access what God has for you. Instead of seeing yourself as a sick person trying to get healed. If you say, I was already healed 2,000 years ago. Now my body just has to catch up with it. If I see that, that I am healed. How, we, how do you access that? By faith. On that cross, even though he was rich for your sakes, he became poor that you through his poverty might be made rich. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. That's how you access it. And so we understand that these are the things that God has established in you. And so we went to have a look at Abraham, where God spoke to him in chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. God says, I will show you the land. You don't have to wonder where it is. I will show you the land. Then he says, I will make you a great nation. So Abraham didn't ask for this. God decided. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Now for those that weren't here, just to catch you up, we took some time to have a look at that. You notice how in the statement, it was all God's idea. And when we are desperate and we got problems in our lives, the things we're trying to get fixed, we can very easily get to a place and start saying, God, will you please? Please, God, can you? God, I want to. And we try and prove to God that we deserve it. And God, how come you haven't? And why is this not happening? And, and, and yet Jesus said, it is finished. The moment I turn around and say, God, can't you see? I'm accusing him of ignoring me or seeing me but not caring to fix it. We say, God, when? When, God, I'm accusing him of not understanding time. Because how do you know God says, I know the plans I have for you? They're not plans to harm you. They're plans for a great future and a great hope. They're plans to bless you and to look after you and to protect you and to provide for you. 
Well then, when, when's he going to come through? You see, again, we, we're accusing God of having some alternative hidden agenda of not really caring. No, God knows exactly when you need it. But how many you know I can reject it? We can do it even in the natural. I can give you a gift and let's say an expensive, you know, vase that cost me like thousands of rands to buy. And this uh, thing you're going to really appreciate. And I give it to you and you go, oh, and you, you throw it on the floor. It's broken. Now it's worthless. Was that because I gave you a bad gift? You threw it on the floor. And very often we can do things that can, oh, well, I threw it on the floor in that example. We can do things. I don't accuse you of anything. We can do things that can stop what God's trying to do in our life. And one of those things are when we start to accuse God of not caring enough, not seeing my problem, not seeing my dilemma, where it was all his idea. Jesus was crucified before the foundation of the world. I didn't even ask to get saved. He came and fetched me. He came and fetched you. We think, oh, I'm going to find religion now. I'm going to go and see a church. I feel like I need to do something. No, we think that's what happened. No, somebody was moved by God to intercede because it's impossible to come to God unless he calls you. And so when he calls, it's because someone's interceding and God has already established the system that if someone prays for you, I will answer. And so someone interceded, called you in, and you gave your life to Jesus. And look at that. You're born again today. And so as you receive that by faith, it was God's idea to get you saved. It was His desire to heal you. It was His desire to provide you with everything you need. Notice in that scripture, we're speaking to Abraham. I have a land for you. I am going to lead you there. I am going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. That's all on God. That's all His responsibility. What's my responsibility? And He says, you will be a blessing. That's all I'm asking you to do is be a blessing. Be the one that reflects me in the earth. And if you do that, I will cover you. I will protect you. I will take you. I will lead you. I will get you to where I want you to be. And so we saw that when Abraham made a cho choice to obey that, by verse 20, uh, chapter 24, verse 1, we see that the Lord has blessed Abraham. He's old, well advanced in age. The Lord has blessed Abraham in all things and you could wonder what all things mean. You come down to verse 34. This is his servant. He says, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great, and he has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. See, family God, when God calls you to do something, he doesn't expect you to try and do it on your behalf, on your own. He will equip you with the means to do it. If he's going to make you a great nation, you're going to have to have the wealth and the support system to make that nation work. And so God has called us to be a voice to the city, to this nation, to this earth, to demonstrate the kingdom of God, to get people saved. 
But it's not just about getting people into a church so that when they die one day, they'll go to heaven. There's more to life. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have that life more abundantly. And very often it's amazing how when you talk about Abraham, and of course he becomes, uh, uh, gives birth to, to Isaac, and then Jacob becomes Israel. Israel has 12 sons. They become the great nation of Israel. And later on, through the tribe of Judah, they become known as Jews, Jewish people. Jewish people, you don't have to convince them to be rich. You don't have messages like this for Jewish people. They're born and by the age of 12, they know you're going into business and all your uncles are financing you and they're training you and they're putting you through the right schools and you're just convinced. And that's why the rest of the, 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 the unsaved world don't understand that and see that as a challenge because mediocrity is always challenged by excellence. And they think, you know, the Jewish people are just out to take over systems. And they go, yes. Why? Because they understand covenant. They have a God that has spoken. You don't have to convince them. They, they, they trained in it. They raised in it. It's only Christians that you have to kind of say, come on. The world, you know, you've got guys out there that are making billions of dollars. Not even serving Jesus. But you find many of those, those that understand the system and work it and write books about it and that, you'll notice there's always a chapter about giving. Why would an unsafe person doesn't care whether there's a God or not, is out to just get ridiculously rich, doesn't need to be any richer, but he's going out to do it even more, and yet has a chapter on you need to give. Why should someone who wants all the money give anything away? They discovered if you drop a ball, gravity makes it fall. Isn't that right? If you light petrol, it burns. There's laws. And they discovered that by being a blessing, they don't call it that, but by being a blessing, they're always doing okay. It's only... Some Christians, not you, because you all, I'm, I'm encouraging your faith already. But it's only Christian you're going to say, this is the word. Because what's happened is the enemy thinks, well, if you found the truth and you believe in Jesus, that's fine. But then don't teach anything else. Just go to heaven. Get out. Just go. Go to heaven. Go. Go. Just again, send. Come, Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. Come, Lord Jesus. I've got a problem. Come, Jesus. I've got, I've got something. I've got a challenge in my life. If Jesus could just come now. And the devil says, that's fine. Just get off the earth. Why? Because the moment you start talking like this, you start invading his system. You start to deal with mammon. You start to come against the corrupt world system that Satan established to try and get all the wealth away and stored up with wicked people. But God already declared through His covenant, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Who's that? So you start to find these things out. And then, oh, it's all spiritual. It's about going to heaven. That could be one of the most selfish things is get someone saved. And all you got to do is just buckle down. Don't expect anything else. 
just love Jesus until you go to heaven. No, God never meant for that to happen. He wants us to be a demonstration of this covenant goodness. It's an amazing thing when anybody stood out in the old covenant and started declaring who God is, even nations knew. They were coming down, Israel was coming through, and they were conquering as they went. God has shown them such favor. Cities that should have conquered them, they were just overcoming as they went that there was a next city coming up, and they, they thought, <laughs> we're about to be taken over. And so they spent a bunch, they sent a, a recce team and, and dressed them in old clothes and worn shoes and gave them bread that looked stale and days old. And, and then they went and they looked all tired and got, came to Israel. And Israel says, where'd you come? Oh, we come from far away. They were just around the corner. We've traveled many days to get to you. And they said, what, why, why have you come? Because we've heard of your God. That no one can withstand your God. We've come to make covenant with you. And Israel, well, okay, well, let's do it. Cut covenant with them. Said, now, what's yours is ours, ours is yours. We are in it together. We'll look after you. Thank you. Well, where's your home? Oh, down the road. What? We were about to take you out, but now they're in covenant. You see, this is what happens. Even the world will, has to, family, the world has to look at the church and say, what you've got, even if we don't understand it, we've got to get on your side. We've got to make sure we're on the right side. I don't want to be speaking against the church. If someone's speaking against the church, criticizing the church, they don't understand it. And that means we just look like some religious organization that stands in the corner, frosts at the mouth, throwing signs and calling people names and saying, turn or burn. And we hate this and we hate that. And that's not the message of the gospel. No, God has called us to be His voice in this earth. To be his hands and feet in this earth. And yeah, he's telling them that Abraham is well blessed. So he can be this nation. Now notice Galatians 3 verse 7. Know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Now we saw in verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us. It is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Why? That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The same blessing, family. Everybody say the same blessing. And that's where you see in verse 9. Those who are of faith are also blessed along with Abraham who believed. Why was Abraham believed? Why was Abraham blessed? Because he believed. Hallelujah. Now, look at verse 29. If you are Christ's, if you are Christ's, if you are Christ's, how many of you are, are Christ's? Tell your neighbor, I'm in the book. Look at this. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and your heirs according to the promise. 
What's our responsibility? To believe. God, you want it? I believe. Now look at Romans chapter 4, verse 16. It's from the Living Bible. Verse 16. God's blessings are given to us, how? By faith. As a free gift. A free gift. You don't work for a gift. Now, I know there's some people that try to make their gift conditional. No, no, that now, now you're making me work for you. You want me to respond a certain way, then you will pay me my gift. <laughs> There's not a gift anymore. A gift means I give it to you, and I don't care with what you do with it. Isn't that right? I don't give it with any strings. I don't expect anything back. That's the last time I give them anything. Well, did you actually give then? Because, or were you buying another gift in return? <laughs> Don't make me go down that road now. I'm just, we're dealing with this here. God's blessing is a gift. We don't have to earn it or deserve it. Say that God's blessing is His gift to me. See, favor is a gift. It's not because we're so clever. No, it's because God has chosen to bless us. And all you have to do is say, I believe, and favor starts flowing. Let me show this to you from the Word. It says, we are certain. So let's start again. God's blessings are given to us by faith as a free gift. We are certain to get them, whether or not we follow Jewish customs. Whether or not you obey the law. If we have faith like Abraham's. Now, when I say obey the law, obviously, there's, there's other implications behind that. I already shared that this morning. There's reasons God has the law, but I don't do them to get the gift. So, if we have faith like Abraham's, for Abraham is the father of us all when it comes to these matters of faith. That is what the Scripture means when they say that God made Abraham the father of many nations. God will accept all people in every nation who trust God as Abraham did. God will accept all people from all nations. Don't let anybody tell you ever that you don't deserve something because you're from a certain people group or you're from a certain race or a certain background or a certain education. That, that God doesn't look at any of that. All of that is irrelevant. If you, doesn't matter who you are, choose to believe like Abraham believed, then the moment you do that, you step into the favor place. No man can stop it. And this promise is from God Himself, who makes the dead live again and speaks of future events with as much certainty as they were already past. God sees you blessed. So we may as well live blessed. <laughs> Let me say that again. God sees you blessed. 
we may as well live it. You're not taking anything from God. Because that's what the enemy will try and do. You're trying to make God give you something. Make God do stuff. No, God's already done it. You're just using God to get rich. No. He sees me rich. So I may as well be rich. Oh, I had five amens out of that. I said, God sees you rich. You may as well be rich. I'm not going to be something so that makes my neighbor more happy. Because they don't understand the word anyway. Until I get them saved and born again. Look at chapter 4 of Romans, verse 13. The promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Through the righteousness of faith. The now, family of God, we know from the Word that we cannot be righteous in our own ability. God calls our own acts of righteousness as filthy rags. So it's impossible for someone who's not born again to be righteous in God's mind. Jesus was made to be sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God. So when you have faith in Jesus, you are made righteous. That's the only way. So no one could be righteous until Jesus died and rose from the dead. True? Yes, a man. Thousands of years before the death and resurrection of Jesus. That when God said, I'm going to bless you. All you need to do is be a blessing. And Abraham said, I believe. God said, I'm not waiting for the crucifixion. You are righteous. He got righteousness on credit. Oh, come on, give Jesus praise. If you can get that. He didn't even know the name Jesus. And you have the name Jesus. He didn't even know what the blood covenant was. You have the, the, the new and better covenant. You getting this? See how we can overcomplicate things? But all we have to do is believe. And when that happens, remember, God Himself said, I'm going to do this. Everybody say favor. favor. Let me show you how favor works. Look at Genesis chapter 12. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Family, I want you to get a hold of this. Now you've got to slip yourself into that equation somewhere. So I'm going to show you a timeline so that you can find yourself and put yourself in there and watch what happens. God says, I have come to you, Abraham. Now, this is the beginning of the equation because it's now what comes first, chicken or egg? Are you with me? So, 
you've got to start somewhere. So there was a chicken without an egg. God said, chicken me. Yes? So that answers the age-old question. But the point is, every other chicken comes from an egg. So you have seed harvest, seed harvest, seed harvest. But it's spoken. You got this? Don't get lost in the complication of things. I'm, just, I'm making it real simple. So God says to Abraham, I'm going to bless you. It's my choice. I'm favoring you. The only condition is that you be a blessing. So by being a blessing, the blessing flows. So which comes first? The blessing enables me to be a blessing. By being a blessing, I'm blessed. You're getting what I'm saying? But obviously, God had to start it. So Abraham was blessed because he did nothing. He just believed. But once he believed, he now has an obligation to keep that process seed harvest. So now the chicken that's been created has to lay the egg to get the next chicken. So Abraham has to now be a blessing to keep the blessing alive. Be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you. So what happens now, someone finds out Abraham's a blessed man. Those, those spies who found out Israel was blessed came and said, we coming to cut covenant with you. We're going to bless you. And by stepping in, being the blessing, it activates the blessing in their life. If you find a blessed man and you bless them, God says, I will bless those who bless you. Now it's expanding. You're seeing that. And so the person activates it by being a blessing into someone who's already blessed. And what happens is that favor now shows up in their life. And when the favor shows up in their life, they now blessed. And they can be a blessing if someone else receives it, then that blessing flows through. You're getting this. Now the problem is, you come against that. Not you, a person. That's what Saul found out on the road to Damascus. He was trying to stop the church. He thought he was doing God a favor. I mean, he's zealous. He loves God. He loves the Word. He loves everything about the Word, very well educated in it. And he thought he was doing what was right. And he was going to stop this, this strange sect that's coming up here. And he started having people executed. He would carry the, the letters of execution. He would be there. He was present at Stephen's execution, holding his clothes. He was personally involved in executing Christians. And he's riding down, probably on a mission again with that. Next moment, boom, there's a massive light. And it's the Lord himself. Saul. Yes, Lord. <laughs> I just love it. I mean, he knows exactly who's there. 
is hard to kick against the goads. You're persecuting me. Saul's at a crossroad. Which side are you going to choose? But he chose Lord. And by choosing Lord, he steps into that blessing flow. And his ministry begins. And for time's sake, I won't go into the detail. God turns his life around. And instead of killing Christians, he's the most spoken to propagate Christianity through the entire earth. I will bless those who bless you. But if you try and stop what I'm trying to do, I will make sure you don't go ahead with it. Can you see that? Everybody say favor. God has chosen to bless. And yeah, we're seeing the key. The blessing happens when we are being a blessing. It is our responsibility as the church to bless those that are around us and give them access to be a blessing back. And the moment that happens, that blessing flows into their life. How many want to see the blessing of God? How many want God's favor? It's activated the moment you are being a blessing. Look at Genesis chapter 12 again, and this is verse 2. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. God says, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors, and make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Family of God, we have been called by God not just to be a church to get to heaven one day, but to rebuild. Rebuild what the enemy has destroyed. We're okay with it when somebody comes in crippled or in a wheelchair. Isn't that right? We know if someone's in a wheelchair, we're going to believe God that they can be restored to walking. How many of you think that's believe, you believe that is God? All right. What if instead of their legs being broken, their house is broken? We should be able to give them a new house. Can you see how we've muddied the waters? It should only be, you know, healing and that. And there's, there's some people that don't believe it's only about getting to heaven. No, we at least believe we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I can lay hands on your house and it shall be beautified. You see someone with a lack, you can give it. Someone doesn't have food, we're okay with giving them food. Isn't that right? We need to give to the poor. Yeah, how about a house? 
I've got people catching up with me. Come on, keep, keep, keep up with me. Because we, we're going. We're going there. I'm, 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 I'm done with just praying for people to be healed yeah, at, a, at, a, at a service line. It, this should be happening in the supermarkets, at your workplace, at your gym, at your... Come on. And if I see someone's broken in poverty, we need to fix that. The only reason we think it's not our responsibility is because we look at our bank account and we think, oh, well, that's somebody else's job. The government should be. No, 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 no. The wealth is for me. Three people said amen for themselves. I said the wealth is for Why? Because you're going to do good. You're going to do good. And God says, the reason I'm giving it to you is so that you can do good. I'm going to bless you with abundant increase of favors. Abundant increases of favors. I'm going to leave you with a seed and you can meditate on it. Look at Zechariah chapter 1 verse 17. Don't get me preaching on it now. Because there's a whole other message coming. But I just want to drop the seed. Just so that you can renew your mind to how God speaks. Zechariah chapter 1 verse 17. Again proclaim. Notice God's always saying, say it. Declare it. A prophet gives you the words to speak. Proclaim saying, thus says the Lord of hosts. Who? What does he say? My cities shall again spread out. Not your city. My cities shall again spread out. How? How are the cities going to spread? Through prosperity. How are we supposed to do the work of God if we don't believe in prosperity? The cities spread out how? Through prosperity, and the Lord will again comfort Zion. This is you. I said, this is you. Come on, give Jesus praise if you're getting a hold of this. <laughs> it's a new year. How many are ready to see great recovery? Come on, give Jesus praise tonight. Let's stand together. Let's raise your hands before the Lord and say, Today, I receive this word. It brings faith to my heart. And I am a believer. I am not a doubter. As a hearer of God's word, I'm also a doer. And I believe God. He has chosen me. He shows me favor. I am highly favored. And as I receive that blessing, I'm evoked to be a blessing, to do good. And I'm looking every day for an opportunity to be a blessing in somebody's life. And I don't have to worry about it. I do know that I have everything I need to be that blessing. And as I go about being a blessing, the blessing will flow. I'm in the favored place. And God will raise us up to be a standard 
His name known in this earth that others will see it, recognize God, and we will see multitudes coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Multitudes getting saved. Multitudes healed and delivered, set free in every area of their life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, give Jesus praise.